0: and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic
1: PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey, Nicole. Hello, hello. All right, so we are going to jump in right now. We are not the arbiter of our patient's why.
0: Ooh, I love this one. This is going to be so good.
1: And you talk about the why all the time. So now we're going to talk about the patient's why and how we don't get to choose that.
0: We don't get to judge it, not choose. We don't get to judge.
1: Okay, so what do you mean by that?
0: So here's the deal, like... There are so many reasons why a person decides that this is the time that they're now going to come to pelvic physical therapy, which goes back to a little bit on the, you're not the arbiter of your patients when either, right? You're not the arbiter of your patients when they decide to choose to come, right? So you're also not the arbiter of their why.
1: And I want to get into that a little bit from like the front desk business perspective, because I feel like almost all of our people don't call us the moment they first have symptoms. They call us when that starts interfering with something that they really care about when they realize how big of an impact that's having on their life, whatever that is. It's not usually like, you know, I just spotted some stress urinary incontinence and I thought I'd want to get that under control.
0: Right. Totally. So again, right, this is number one, number four, like podcast one in this episode or in this series of your, you're not the arbiter of their when, and you're also not the arbiter of their why kind of are intricately connected. And now that I'm looking at it, we maybe should have come either combined them or put them like one, two punch. But at the end of the day, yeah, like we can't just decide for patients like why they're coming to us. Like it's a when problem. And it's also a, to your point, Jesse, like a point where they have decided that yikes, this is something is interfering now to the point where it's not just about the objective complaint or a subjective complaint. It's about the impact of that complaint that is now driving my My call, my ability now to put payment towards it now to like, oh, I've gotten more educated on it now. And now I've decided that my why is is enough to overcome any other obstacles.
1: For those of you who own your own business and answer your own phones, you will absolutely resonate with what we're talking about here. Right. Because it's not. The fact that they have symptoms—that's a problem. It's the fact that it is now interfering with something that they really care about. Totally. And that's something to absolutely get to the bottom of with on
0: their first call.
1: On their first call, what is this preventing you from doing that you want to doing? And man, that is so much more powerful than like, oh, do you have a diagnosis from your doctor? No. What is this problem for preventing you from playing with your kids? Is it preventing you from doing the triathlon that you want to do? Is it preventing you from being able to like hang out with your grandkids? Like whatever that is, that is the why that they are coming in with. And it is really a skill. I feel like that we teach at our front desk and that we talked about with our mentees. You need to be able to listen and hear what their why is And then reassure them that you're going to be able to address that.
0: Right. And by the way, for those of you guys who might be listening a little bit new, whatever, like Jesse's not a pelvic PT by any means, but he answered every single patient phone call for two and a half years.
1: We figured it yeah, out. I probably answered more than thirty-five hundred patient phone calls over Dude, the last. Dude,
0: and bit. you still continue to answer phones as the backup to our front desk person, and now handle a lot of the out-of-town program people. So, talk about how many patient stories you've heard over the years of us being in business. It's like literally thousands of people.
1: And, you know, I think the interesting thing about answering the phone that many times is that you start to get... Pattern a,
0: recognition?
1: Pattern recognition, right? <laughs> that's what All we always the, talk
0: about with, like, PTs. It's like right. the same shit.
1: All the stuff you guys pay for, but without the $100,000 in student debt.
0: <laughs> oh, just like your little bit of debt to Western Governors University for your damn business degree.
1: They didn't charge me very much for that for that online college, so... Right,
0: because it was kind of sucky. Well,
1: that's true, but...
0: I mean, do you guys know that he, like, decided to compete with me right before we got married. Like, you couldn't have gotten married without some sort of extended degree.
1: Yeah, because it was, like, two levels of difference, right? So if I had a master's, we were only, like, one level off. I don't know, guys. This is like my own therapy session. This is like a little bit of insecurity. But if you guys have seen Nicole on Instagram or any of those other social media things, like she's a straight 10
0: oh come on
1: and i'm not a straight 10 (laughs) like on a good day i'm like a six and a half right so mathematically that's like a three and a half point difference and then educationally we were a two point difference if you multiply those together we're like a big difference so i was like okay we need to at least i I can't do much i mean i got like teeth whiteners right but other than that (laughs) that's that all i got here right so we needed to address the uh, huge educational disparity so in the couple months before we got so married so good job you go to some online bullshit <laughs> not what? bullshit the fighting owls man they asked me to give the valedictorian address
0: they did not they did too <laughs> What? That's true. You did not do that. That's the
1: true thing. I still hold the record for the fastest person to get through their program, which they don't really like to advertise because uh, it cost them a lot of money. But
0: <laughs> anyways,
1: guys, so good getting through all that, when we get to like, when we're talking to patients about their why, the thing that comes up over and over again, like you can't argue with their why, right? A lot of times to us, it sounds dumb. It sounds dumb to me on the phone where somebody is talking about their mommy pooch, where somebody is talking about not wanting to be on medications, which is not dumb, but it, it's a different why, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm doing fine on these medications, but I don't want to be on them. It's like, well, you were doing fine on them, but yeah, let's get you off of those, right? You can't be judgmental about the reason that they're coming in. And that might not be the same reasons that I might have that might not be the same reasons that Cole might have. But at the end of the day, that's their reason. And we have to meet them where they are
0: hundred percent. And this is going to get a little crazy. I don't think you're going to think you're not going to anticipate that. I'm going to talk about this, but
1: you guys think we plan these podcasts. (laughs) We do not.
0: So, but this also comes into like, why did you come here? And this gets into sexual orientation. This gets into, all kinds of stuff about that right like I have someone who wants to have anal sex and it hurts right well personally am I like really stoked on anal sex no like no
1: nobody's Zero. perfect
0: nobody <laughs> Jesse <laughs> but seriously <laughs> but seriously right like that's not my judgment on what their why is, right? It's not, that's not it. If you want to have 8 million clitoral orgasms and it hurts when you have clitoral stimulation, the, the why is that, right? But it's not my value judgment on like, well, why can't you just try something else? That's sort of getting into like the problem with like physician stuff, right? Where it's like, well, you want to do this? Well, it might hurt to do that, so therefore you're SOL.
1: Which is what we talk about all the time on, I mean, we've posted on this so many times, right? But I don't know. This is a male-female divide that drives me crazy. And I don't know. I Before I got into pelvic health, I never considered myself a huge feminist. But, man, if I go to a doctor and say, Hey, doc, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems getting an erection. There are 30 plus prescription medications for me to take. Like no one is going to laugh at me. No one is going to tell me like, oh, man, just have Drinks another of
0: tequila. glass
1: of wine. Are you kidding me? Like, no, it's a medical emergency if I cannot get a boner. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like that is like anywhere I go. Like that is a huge issue. And all of a sudden, like a woman goes in with the same thing and saying like, hey, it actually is physically painful for me to have sex. And the stuff that we get at the clinic, is
0: appalling.
1: I Yeah, I don't know how to say it. I get a little bit emotional. When I talk about it, honestly, because it's you should not have to feel that way about like not wanting to have pain with intercourse. Like, oh, you have to have like a glass of have another glass of wine, have two or three. Get get, blitzed. get drunk yeah in order to have sex and that's that is insane to me and that is a huge like gender gap in how we treat things and that just drives me insane with what we're talking about
0: totally and so again like if we're talking about the why of why your patient's coming in why they finally decided to get care right we cannot be the judge we cannot be the arbiter of like well gosh it would be so much easier if you would have done that 10 years before, but now that you've had this pain for 10 years, like now it's going to be that long of a time, right? That is not the conversation that you want to have on day one. That might be the conversation what that you have on day five. Once you've built some trust, once you've actually got them a win and started to decrease their symptoms, right? But like, we can't do that. We can't be the arbiter of their why.
1: So talk to me about a good example here. I feel like we see this a lot at the front desk about diastasis recti.
0: Ooh, good one. Good example.
1: And a lot of times we have women who call in and say, hey, I'm really frustrated with my mommy pooch or the fact that it looks like I'm still pregnant, right? I'm doing all these exercises. I'm doing all this different stuff. And I just want to get my body back. And for right. Is that really like a pelvic PT thing? It is that a cosmetic thing? Where do you go with that?
0: So again, right. This is all about, this is why this podcast is so poignant at this time. You're not the arbiter of the why. So the knee jerk reaction of when Jesse was saying that, and this is calls that we get every day about, I just want to have a flat tummy. I haven't had a flat stomach since my son was born, since my twins were born, since my whatever. I know I have a diastasis, but like I don't understand why I can't get this like lower abdominal stuff to go away. So our knee jerk reaction to that is that why can't you, like this is the judgy pelvic PT. You should be able to like be good with your body and like you birth two great babies and like just look at them every single time you look down at your mommy pooch and you should be like so thankful that you're able to have these babies and like if it's making you feel a little bit insecure about like the the 10 pounds that you're not able to lose then like okay like what the fuck is that Honestly, like there's so much. We're not the arbiter of why they want to seek treatment. The point is, is that they're seeking out the correct care in the objective problem they have. At that point, it's diastasis. It's probably a lot more than that, which is stress incontinence and urge and whatever else they have got going on constipation all of the other things that we can know that they can have
1: which by the way you guys should be talking about with your front desk to ask about on the phone is that something that you're dealing with Wow, that's really often linked with I'm sorry to hear you're dealing with diastasis but a lot of times that's linked with low back pain with incontinence Are you having any urinary symptoms any hip pain any pain any-
0: intercourse any other things like that's what we should be educating our people on the phone with but again Like, if the person that comes to you is only about, like, I don't really care that I have incontinence. Like, I can deal with wearing a panty liner, but I just need to get this lower abdominal issue taken care of. Then, like, who are we to say, like, why that person's coming to pelvic PT? Is it our job to educate of common, not normal symptoms? Yes. Is it our job to educate that the pressure system of the diastasis affects constipation affects bowel movements, affects urinary function, affects sexual function. Sure. If they don't care about that, then guess what we're going to talk about? Their freaking mom pooch. And that's it. It's not our job to make them care about everything that we care about. It's our job to not be the arbiter of their why to meet them where they are, to address the objective information, that we can implement our expertise about and go from there. Period.
1: So, what do you feel like that is when you know somebody calls in and says, like, "Hey, I want to basically look better." Yeah. Right, and that that's something that we kind of reject, like, "Oh, you need a cosmetic surgeon for that." Like, what is? We that? have
0: a lot of. We have. A, well, I mean, frankly, if you want to get really into it. We have a lot of women judgment on that. Like, oh, well, you want to look better. Wouldn't that be nice if we all looked better as I have my own mummy pooch without even having had a baby yet? (laughs) Right. So it's like, yeah, of course, we all want to look like that. Of course, we all want to have our bodies back to like the thing of pre kids or when I was 20. Do I want to look like that? Sure. I look back at pictures in Cabo San Lucas where I'm like in a bikini and like have a six pack. Do I want to look like that? Yeah, I do actually. And at that point, it's like, well, okay. So why does it have to be so terrible? Can we not help people decrease that look? Can we not help people increase their core function to the point where it would be, looking cosmetically better yeah are we also going to be able to address and educate and build trust with the person who comes in for a cosmetic thing and also we talk about their bowel habits their bladder habits their sexual functioning is that not okay sure like we're using what they want and we're wrapping up what they need in it
1: i love that concept so you're using what they want And I'm guessing that means that when you're giving them a home program, when you're working with them in the clinic, you're couching everything that you're saying in what they care about.
0: Totally. And so you have to change your language, right? So if it's, you're talking about breathing for pressure management or for diaphragm engagement and lower abdominal activation, you're talking about that same thing and saying, like showing them in a friggin' mirror when you do it the way that I talk to you about, do you not see that it is quote, flattening your tummy and people might that if that's nails on a chalkboard to you, that's okay. Like I get it. That might be a thing, but the point of this podcast is that you're not the arbiter of your patients. Why? And so, Remember that just because that I don't agree with the fact that you might not need to care about your appearance, that we have women empowerment and we should be able to be, there should be plus size models and there should be all kinds of beautiful bodies. And like, I can believe all of that and still be able to help the person that comes into your office that says, I don't really care what you have to say. I just need my stomach to be flat.
1: And I feel like there's so many examples of that. Like this, the diastasis one is a great one. Right. But in meeting their why? Like I've been to physical therapy, right. Where my sole goal was to get back to being able to play and like dominate, frankly, pick up basketball. (laughs) Okay. Right. Where it's like, objectively, that's fucking stupid. Like, Nobody cares like who's winning. Like my winning percentage at the local YMCA,
0: right? Or like 24-hour fitness. We used to be able to go there, right? right? Like, yeah, I got to stay on for like four hours. I yeah, kept man. winning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was ten two tonight, right? Like, nobody cares. You well,
0: used to come home and say, but you care. I did.
1: I did care. You right? still do care. I do, right? I
0: remember that time when I hit that three. Hey,
1: remember that one? Right. Back
0: in 82. Back in
1: 82. <laughs> I could throw pigskin a quarter mile.
0: Oh, God. Right?
1: But it's like, and I was going to physical therapy. I just had an ankle surgery. I was going back. And it's like, if that person had just been like, hey, I want you to be able to walk properly when you're 70...
0: Or even I want you to walk with without a limp right now. But, like, honestly, Jesse, I'm not sure if you're ever going to be, like, the 24-hour fitness superstar that you think you're going to be. Like, even right now, his face just got like, oh, God, I'm don't like, tell me that.
1: You don't know me? Yeah. You don't know me? I own that court, oh, guys. God. I yes. own that court.
0: Okay, we're gonna have to have some therapy after this. But seriously, right? Right, But that was like what I was there, of there for. Someone's why? Right.
1: The and therapist. it was objectively stupid that I cared as much as I did about doing that, but okay. I did.
0: 24-hour fitness basketball, and like, oh, I might be able to want the potential opportunity to dunk, like for the second time ever in my life, Mister White Guy.
1: Hold on, you saw me dunk. This is like the proudest moment of my life. I mm-hmm. dunked in front of Nicole. Once, left-handed, flat-footed, in slippers, I think.
0: Okay. I there's mean, there's a lot of things. Right there's right a lot of things.
1: It, there was snow on the ground. Okay. I, there was, and there was long, really So long. Right. All of that, but right, but that was important to me, regardless of how objectively stupid I think it is now. Six or seven years later.
0: Okay, I will corroborate the story in that I did see him dunk one time in my life in one basketball jam.
1: Period. In slippers. Which
0: I thought was, frankly, dumb at the time. Because I'm like, this guy's going to try to impress me. Play. It's not slippers. It was like those, like, uh, oh, slip on like the Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was slipping and sliding all over the place.
0: So lame. And I was like, this guy's going to We played, tear we played this
1: great game. Guys, I can't even tell you the rest of the story. But we were playing to like 13. I think I scored 11 points by myself. And then Nicole, I kicked the pass ahead to Nicole. She puts up a three-pointer that's going to win the game for her. She holds it in the air, right? Her hand's up in the air like Michael Jordan. She was six feet short and four feet to the left. Not six feet short. Oh, my goodness.
0: It was, like, straight on, but, like, happened to be short.
1: No, it was off and happened to be way short.
0: Okay, just like you dunked only one time in your entire
1: life. I'm, I'm just saying. This is the why that you need to get to with your patient. Because I seriously, at that point in my life, thought I was a weekend warrior. Like, I needed to. Be out there doing that. Right, and objectively, Jesse, that was stupid. Right.
0: And Jesse would have described himself at that point and still does as like an athlete. And we all know that's like crazy bullshit. But if your patient comes in, <laughs> he's like fuming right now. But if your patient comes in and talks about the fact that they're like that, we can't have judgment on that. And be like, hey, like, really? Oh, when was the last time you played basketball?
1: I feel like there's a lot of judgment going on for a podcast about not having judgment.
0: <laughs> right. Cause I'm allowed to have judgment with you. And what I'm not allowed to do is have judgment with my patients. You want to pay me some money? I won't have judgment with you.
1: Segway. That worked well. Perfect. So I really hope you guys had a chance to take away something from this. There's a lot of different whys for, for different patients I don't know i i feel like that's what we're getting into is it's not having judgment but being able to meet people where they are and then couch what they want in what they need
0: right and use the language that they're using to you even if it's nails on a chalkboard even if it's like i have to talk about their flat stomach and whatever and when really i'm talking about transversus abdominis activation, and better working the core canister it's like if those people don't want to hear about that then we have to talk to them about what they do care about again we're not the arbiter of their why and i want you to think long and hard about where we have judgment on this because i feel like if you're not aware of of it it'll be surprising to you how many times your own personal thoughts about what the person should be thinking about is coming through again like another example just real quick is like the person that's like well I don't really care if I have to wear a pad every day right with my incontinence I just want to be able to do x and it's like to me that's like well why don't you want to wear a pad every day like how is that a thing you shouldn't have to wear a pad, therefore, like, that should be your goal. And so it's, again, it's projecting your goals and your judgment on someone else. And there's nuance to that is is the point of this podcast.
1: I guess the answer is it depends.
0: Oh, God.
1: I've been waiting for a depends joke, guys. This is, like, 30 episodes in.
0: We'll leave it at that. If you think that that's funny, you need to write us an email with a subject line of that's funny. We're going to count how many people actually write in. If you want Jesse to win <laughs> about how funny he is, you say, write what pelvic sanity? No, write Nicole at pelvic sanity.com
1: and say that's and in funny. a
0: subject line, say that's funny. And then we'll do a poll.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I think we know how that's going to turn out because objectively that's funny, but <laughs> I really hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We have really enjoyed talking about it. Uh, this is something that is I think really important and interesting to us and talking about the patient's why and that might not line up all the time with which what we think what what it should be, but at the end of the day you have to couch everything you're doing in those terms.
0: 100% and then you should look introspectively as to why that actually triggers you, as to why you don't think that that person should have that why. And that will make you a better clinician and more aware of the biases that you have towards your other patients with similar issues.
1: So we really hope this conversation has been helpful. We hope to continue this conversation.
0: And let's continue to rise.